Welcome to Golden Great, Collaboration SF's podcast empowering Asian American stories from the gold rush to the gold open. My name is Elsa. I'm Long. And welcome back. Today we have a very exciting guest. Her name is Elisa Sun. And actually, Long interviewed her in the past for our blog, and you could find that at collabsf.org. They talked about her RV tour, aka her dreamboat tour across America, and her being a woman of color doing it. They also talked about her finishing her EP just a little more at the time, as well as her LA to San Francisco transition. But before we get into the interview, let's actually take a listen to her new song that she wrote that came out at the end of August. It's called KO. Lanky legs, a better do. Wanted to be the criminal. I always wanted you. Wanted the front row. Cool kids, you know. Always on the scene. Baby, pick me for your team. Moving, moving as I ride. Cast you aside. All I really want from you is your green light. Temper, temper on my toes. Watch as I go. Don't tell me to smile. was KO, Elisa Song's first song that she wrote without her band, and that's her letter to LA talking about celebrity culture. Later on in this episode, Long interviews her about her thoughts wrapping up her music tour recently, as well as diving deeper into her relationship with LA and her excitement with her new song and video. And you could find her video on youtube.com and just search up her name, Elisa Sun, E-L-L-I-S-A, Sun. S-U-N. Yeah. <laughs> like the weather. Okay, welcome to Golden Great. Can you introduce yourself, fellow musician? <laughs> yes, hello. Um, my name is Elisa Sun. Um, I am a independent musician. Um, I was based in the, the San Francisco Bay Area for about seven years. Uh, and then I decided to leave about a year ago. And I hit the road with my partner, Ken, and we... Moved into a 30-foot Winnebago, and we've been touring the country for over a year now. Yes. You say you're from the Bay, but where were you originally? Yes. Originally, I'm, I'm from Seal Beach, California, which is technically in Orange County. I usually say L.A. when people ask me where I'm from because a lot of people don't necessarily know where Seal Beach is. So, yeah. And for the listeners that haven't listened to music, can you describe what genre you are? <sighs> no. <laughs> um, I, it's so hard to do that. Um, but I've been thinking about this a lot lately about genre and about race, being a, a half Asian American person, having a, a white dad and a Chinese mother, not really knowing how to identify myself, especially when I'm listening to music and watching bands. So anyway, the, there is a point to this, and that is that my music is a combination of a lot of different genres, but mostly jazz, R&B, and soul, I would say. But what inspired you to start doing those kind of genres? 
I've always loved soul music and R&B, um, but I've also always loved pop and like folk and Americana and even bluegrass. Like literally today, um, we were, me and Ken were driving uh, in the middle of nowhere in Arkansas and we were listening to bluegrass and then I turned it off and put on uh, the miseducation of Lauren Hill, which is like the first CD I ever bought. And it's like the best, my favorite album of all time. And so I'm kind of just all over the place in what I love to listen to. And I think that kind of shows in my music, which could be some people could consider that not a good thing because they can't like put me necessarily in one place one box and it can be kind of confusing but but yeah mainly i would say i i'm super into r&b and jazz and and soul yeah so you are mixed and that's always been a problem for um, a lot of people to be identified because you're like mixed in two worlds right yeah yeah and for sure it's something that i didn't really think about until like the last few years because i just I never really knew where to place myself and where I felt uh, comfortable existing. So yeah, it's just, it's something to consider um, because I, I definitely don't see enough Asians in music in general. It's just not something you see in mainstream music. And I think that when people see me they they might have an idea of what I might sound like but then I might I've heard this a lot is that I don't um I'm a surprise or like people are always like I never would have thought you would sound like that and I, I don't really I'm not offended by that it's but I just find it interesting and I think That's it's just like a backhanded comment kind of right yeah sound like like what, what should i sound like then right right and that but that's kind of like what Asians like that's why we need more Asians in music because there's just not enough of us. So it's hard for people to even know what to expect. Uh, something that I would love to see more of and continue to, to be, to do this so that I can hopefully inspire more, more people, more Asian people to, to pursue music or to create music that they think is, is them that they like identify as their own. Um, so we talked about it in our interview or, in the um glad blog and um how you know you started identifying being like asian and you just started the tour and you know it's like oh my gosh there's a lot of white people and like just not but to mixed people like how do you feel now finishing and just finish like you know seeing all of america like how's your identity feel to you Mm -hmm. now uh i'm definitely more aware that i am not not necessarily not white. I mean, I'm half white. So I, it's kind of like, I'm, I'm there. I, but I'm also aware, like, I don't necessarily look like all of these people, um, that I am surrounded by. So, um, I think that's just something I think living in the Bay area, living in California, there's just, there's a lot of Asian people in California, like considerably more than the rest of the country. And, um, that's something that was kind of shocking when, when we hit the road. Um, And it's not like I ever felt unsafe or like anyone uh, was discriminating or treating me negatively, but I did feel a little uncomfortable and a little out of place. And sometimes I miss California a lot (laughs) for, for that, for that reason. And I think, and I don't know if this is, I've mentioned this before, but a lot of people were, a lot of men were surprised by the fact that I played guitar 
well. <laughs> um, not that I'm like super good, but I, I can play, I can play more than like four chords. <laughs> um, and I think, uh, and I play an electric guitar, which is kind of not exactly like the norm for just a one woman performer. So I think, um, that's something that a lot of people have been surprised by. Whereas in the Bay area, I feel like, or maybe just in California, like there's just more diversity and more, um, kind of edgy things. <laughs> I don't know if that's the right word, but I definitely am more aware of the fact that I'm, that I am, I, I identify as an Asian American person. So and do you think moving forward, like this is going to try to like define, or this is going to define more of your music and like, you're just more comfortable, like speaking and writing and making music that really identifies who you are. Yeah. I mean, I think I, I do feel like it's inspired me and helped me kind of identify and feel like I can be proud of who I am. It's something that I do definitely want to incorporate more into the music that I, that I write. Can you reflect a little bit? I know when we um, hung out, we're just kind of, talking about the difference between like a online performer and an actual touring um, performer. And you're saying like, you know, you're billing with people that have like an online presence, but when it came to actual shows, like it didn't meet in the middle or they didn't have. Mm. How does it feel mm-hmm. like, you know, being a, a musician, but also like you're getting the groundwork of like touring that most, I will say like young artists are not having. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing, Um, (laughs) you know, but I'm, I mean, I'm still trying to understand the music industry and I think a lot of people are because it's like changing every day and Mm -hmm. the technology of it is changing every day. And with Spotify, so much music out there that it's like impossible, not impossible, but it's, it's hard to be heard because so it's so easy now to put out music and it's like it's so cheap as well just to it's not that expensive to record something get it on spotify it's very hard for for artists to make a living off of their their music especially since like spotify doesn't pay anything really unless you get hundreds of thousands maybe more than that maybe like millions at least of streams and then you're maybe making some money but I don't know. I think for me, I was just kind of like, I, I want to meet people in person and, and create real relationships with people and real fans with real human beings. And um, I think I've definitely done that. And I hope that it translates and continues to grow. Um, even when I stop touring, it's easy to get caught up in the numbers, but I have played shows with people that that had really high numbers on Spotify but but nobody came to the show. So I don't I I honestly don't really get how that works. I I think it's a playlisting thing like people can get um a lot of plays because maybe they put got put on a playlist, but that doesn't mean that people like real human beings are actually seeking them out and going to see their shows. I think that's like the general idea, but I also <laughs> don't know and um, feel like I'm still kind of figuring out how to do this. So I was just kind of like, well, I'm just going to do this the best I can. And for me, that's like playing as many shows as I can and meeting as many people as I can that 
getting them to hear my voice and hear my my music and hopefully like follow me and continue to like build those relationships. Um, you went to a music conference, right? Yeah, that was the ASCAP conference in uh, the ASCAP Expo. That was in Hollywood um, in May. And it was three days of, of different panels and talks, performances. And it was very cool. I think I um, it, it was hard for me to be in Hollywood because I have a lot of history with Hollywood. And there's a lot about LA that I love and a lot that I really don't like that just kind of comes with the territory of being Hollywood, of being where TV comes from. And, and um, there were just, there was just a lot of energy there that felt, um, I sound like such a hippie, but like, it's like there's just a lot of energy that didn't feel good to me when I was there of just kind of like cutthroatness. Um, and I, I think I was hoping for like a little more support of a supportive environment, but I did get a lot out of it. That being said, I got a lot out of it. I got, um, I definitely got, there were a few panels, a few talks that were about Nashville. Um, and that actually kind of helped me with like solidifying my decision to move there. Um, because there were a lot of, there were a bunch of songwriters that talked about their experience in Nashville. Um, and it kind of made me more interested in moving there. Cause a lot of them were talking about how much it's growing and changing and how it's definitely not just country music anymore. And I thought that was, that was cool. I also met this awesome girl, Miriam, and she used to be in the Bay area and she moved to Nashville and she, and she was at that at that conference. So she, I actually met her there, and then we ended up playing a show together in Nashville um, last week. So yeah, I like just that little interaction. Like I thought was amazing. Like I'm so glad I went just so that I could have met her and like been able to connect with her in Nashville. And then yeah, there were some amazing performances, amazing like really inspiring talks as well. So yeah, I think it was a good experience um, overall. Since this goes into your music video, can we talk about like a little bit more about your love hate relationship with LA? <laughs> People that don't know about your previous history because you were from there originally. I love. I'm I'm from California, so I love California, and I love. I'm such a beach girl, and I'm I, I'm a surfer, and I love the sun, and I think there's so much I love about it, but I think there's also just something in the air there I mean it's like it's just and it's I always get so like uncomfortable talking about this but it's like something that everybody feels like everyone knows it and it's like people joke about it like there's so many jokes about it in like I was just watching old episodes of um 30 Rock which Uh is like such a great show um and it's just like such a funny scene I think um, Jenna Maroney, she's like the, the actress. She like goes to LA for like a day and she just shows up and just like everyone is like, like just looks like a model. And it's like, there's just something there where you just kind of, even if you're like the most beautiful person, like, like there's something in the air there where you just like immediately like doubt how you feel about yourself. <laughs> and it's like, it's not like on maybe, you know, I don't know if it's just me, but I know that it affects other people. So I always just feel like 
guilty or something talking about it, but it's, it's just like, it's a true thing, but it's also something that like, I want to kind of get over. Like I really do want to be able to go there. And I still obviously go there when I'm, when I'm like visiting family and all that, all that stuff. But, um, but it's still really hard for me to go as far as celebrity goes, that's kind of another thing. And that's what the music video is kind of about too, which celebrity is another issue that doesn't just affect LA. I mean, that's kind of where I feel like it started. Go back and, uh, Hollywood. Back and talk about the music. Yeah. Yeah. First. Yeah. Oh yeah. So the music video, um, I just released a, a new song and a, a music video to go along with it. Um, on Friday. Um, it was just a couple of days ago and it's called KO. And I had a, a really amazing team. Um, my director, Kelly Mason and my assistant director, animator, uh, Rachel Schmidt, they were amazing. And then, um, their, their friends also were amazing in this process of shooting this music video, which we only shot this thing over the course of like a day and a half which is crazy to me because we like got so much done and it was like just a really, uh, what is the word productive, like couple of days of just, um, getting, we just like got it done and we, we knew exactly what we were doing. So that helped. Talk about how, what inspired you to make the music video, the song. I mean, the song came first. Yeah. Right? So talk about the song. Yeah. The song, the song came first. Um, and it came, I think I just, I wrote parts of it when I was like, in I was living in, in Oakland um at the time and I think I was I think I was dealing with just wanting to write kind of a more sappy song <laughs> and yeah. um kind of I think at the time I was dealing with some stuff among like friends or people that were telling me what to do and telling me like what I needed to be doing to be successful or be a successful artist. And I think I was just like, I've had it with this and I was feeling really frustrated and I was listening to a lot of Janelle Monet and um, her new, her album that came out last year. It was um, so such a good album. And I think, yeah, one of her songs really inspired me to write KO. I think it, it was, um, uh, what is the song? What is the song I'm thinking of? Um, it's like, oh man, it's going to bother me. I'm going to have to look <laughs> this up really quick, but it was from her newest album. Um, she, I just love Janelle Monet. I like that. That's what it's called. Got it. I like that. Um, which is like just about that whole song is about her, um, her finding herself and accepting herself and loving herself. And I just loved, loved that. Um, so yeah, that's where that song kind of came from. It was, um, kind of just about all this, this kind of anger I have towards just, uh, just towards people that feel like they, they know everything about the entertainment industry, or they know everything about what an artist is supposed to be, be doing to like have the right image. Yeah. Um, and I'm just like so sick of that. Um, what like, were the top three things yeah. you hated someone just told you you had to be? You're like, no, I can't, that's, I'm not gonna listen to you. Mm, people 
have told me that actually several people have told me that I like look better when I'm not, I look more comfortable when I'm not playing the guitar, which is interesting because I, I might, I might, maybe I do. And I agree. I, I, I would, I'm open to that idea of like just singing, but on this tour, especially the RV tour with me and Ken, like I had to play guitar and I've gotten more comfortable with playing guitar as well. Um, and I think if anything, um, people are, especially men are surprised that I play guitar and they like come up to me afterwards and they're like, wow, I was really surprised by your guitar playing. Like, because they're just, I think most people maybe are used to seeing women at the front being the singer and just like being the singer and that's all. Um, and, and that's not bad just to be that just the singer. I mean, singing in itself is like a lot of work. So, um, that's just something I think I, I'm, I'm open to playing without a guitar. I'm open to playing with a guitar. So, but I do think like it's, it's annoying when people are like, you need to not play guitar. Like, because I, I'm going to keep playing. That's I'm, I'm like, that's how I write songs and I love playing the guitar. So um, that's just one, one example. But you like playing the guitar, yeah. right? Was that your first instrument? Yeah. Uh, no, technically my first instrument was piano. Um, but guitar was my first instrument that I wrote songs on. I've never really written a song on the piano. Um, so I think that's something I'd like to do when I'm, um, when I have a home is get a keyboard that I can play around with and start playing songs on the keyboard. But it's been hard with the RV <laughs> to have a, a keyboard where I can do that. So, but going back to your um, new song. Um, so we talked about this in our last interview and like, this is the first time you wrote a song working with a producer, right? And not with a band. Oh yeah, that's correct. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me how that experience was of like, you used to work with band, now it's like all about you when you were with the song. Yeah, this, this was very different. Um, I think <clears throat> I'm used, I was, I've been used to writing songs with my band. Um, and it being a very long, very drawn out process where we are like just spending like a few hours, um, like working out each part and analyzing it and redoing it and rehearsing it a bunch and like just kind of ch- or changing things, taking stuff out. Um, but with, with Alex, um, the producer, um, it was a much kind of cleaner process because I also the song was fully pretty much fully formed um before he even started working on it so I sent it to him and he was like great (laughs) and that's pretty much it and then he it was kind of about talking about ideas and like sounds and what like before we even started really working together it was more about him and me exchanging like, what about this sound or this, or let's, let's go in this direction. And it was, this was all via like text and email because I was on the road. He would send me one thing and then I would write him back and say, I I didn't like that part or let's try this or, um, and then we would kind of just send things, notes back and forth. Um, And that was a much 
kind of cleaner process. It's also different when you're just working with one person, <laughs> whereas I had like a six piece, seven piece band. So it was like everybody had something to say and had a, an opinion. Um, so yeah, it was a, it's a definitely a different process for sure. Um, but, but really fun. And then can we talk more about the music video? Like what inspired you and how you were, shot it and like what ideas you came in because i saw like, yeah you had inspiration of the, the magazine and then like you had mm-hmm. some pretty cool like cg and stuff like that um oh yeah so yeah the magazine thing is um a big thing for me um i think for me magazines are just like this such a weird thing it's like and that's why I was saying it's not just LA that you know deals with so so everybody like everybody loves celebrities I I love celebrities there's like something to celebrity that is so intoxicating and like that makes you want to like follow this person or look watch videos of them or whatever and and these um and these these tabloids and like things like Us Weekly, um, they're everywhere in every single store that throughout the whole country that we've been to. Like they're always there, and that's it's just something you just accept, like that they're there. Um, these like these Us Weekly or Star or um, People, and and I I totally have read them. Like I don't I don't even I don't think I actually really read articles. Like I'll just like skim through them sometimes like because it's like it's like watching stupid tv it's like watching something that's yeah. like mindless and makes you forget about your own life and that's kind of why you read them but it's also so harmful <laughs> um and I'm that's kind of why I mean this, what this video is kind of about is like my because I want to it's not like I want to say like I can't it's not like I'm going to ban us weekly magazines and try to start a petition to like ban all those magazines from stores. But it's just kind of that, that whole video is kind of just about that struggle that I have with it. Um, So I'm just kind of, um, I wanted to make sure that that I have this idea to, to make my head like the, the head, the cover, and then having these like headlines pop up here and there. Um, and luckily I had Rachel, who's like this amazing, um, designer and animator and she pulled it off so well. And then, um, luckily we also had Kelly, um, who's an amazing director. And then her friend, um, Chris, um, this was like an amazing <laughs> coincidence actually, cause he lived like in her building and the day that we were there, he was there and he's a photographer and he had all this amazing lighting and like all of these like um, backgrounds. And that's how we found, we got the pink, the pink background for the magazine. Uh-huh. So we were able to shoot that um, and have really good lights. And it was just really, really great um, that we had him to help us too. So um, yeah. And then I think I just really wanted to incorporate something with those magazines because it kind of just contributes to all of these ideas of, of, of what we think is um, glamorous or what we think is like, I don't know what we think is successful. Um, And so, yeah. And then there's shots of, uh, of me 
um, reading his, the fake like Us Weekly magazine that Rachel also designed with these like amazing. It looks so good. It looks like a real magazine. Um, reading these like fake headlines. Um, and then there's the audition scenes, um, which is a whole nother kind of story in itself about um, auditioning for The Voice or American Idol or, or one of those shows. Um, I guess it goes with the celebrity thing is, um, I guess what I, I think Kelly, my, my director was actually the one that, I don't know if she coined this ter- term or if someone else did, but like validation culture. So we all, I think we all want validation. I, I mean, from somebody that's just like being human um, and the reality TV shows and all, all of this is um, kind of about that. And there's always a winner. Competition is a normal thing and it's, it's not a bad thing. Um, but I just, I did want to tell this story, like, especially for my fellow artists <laughs> um, and friends of mine that I know are super talented um, that have auditioned for these shows and yeah. been rejected and like been treated like an animal and been um, like been in front of these people with these like dead eyes and <laughs> like yeah. having to just bear your soul or sing, sing a song that you've been like working on for months and like, just be like, okay, thank you. Bye-bye. And then yeah, just like, so can you go at the beginning? Like what, like when you saw the email or like you got the call, like to audition in the very beginning? Well, um, I've done, I've done, I have auditioned, um, a total of, well, I've done three auditions for the voice and I've done one for American Idol. Mm -hmm. Um, so I can talk about my most recent one, um, which was for the voice and it was, um, where I got an, I got an email, uh, for, to do a private audition where I wouldn't have to wait in the long lines and I could audition for the producers or some producers of the show. So it wouldn't be for like the big celebrities with the chair turn moment thing. Um, it would be just for producers of the show. So I, I did like, um, I did, uh, what's the word wrestle with, whether I wanted to do it or not, because I had, because I had done this three times before and been rejected, but I decided to do it. Um, and yeah. And I, I mean, I was already on tour. This was in February. So I was, I had already been on the road for like over six months, I think. And I was like already deep into this tour. I was feeling really confident. I was feeling really good about like all of that we had done. Um, like, cause I had, I was like, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm doing, I'm doing it. I'm out here playing all these shows and, um, I've played a lot of great shows. Um, so I was feeling really good and, and I was kind of telling myself, like, I don't really care if I get picked. Um, it's not a huge deal cause I'm going to continue touring and I'm going to keep doing this. Like, even if I get rejected, you know, so that's what I was, but then I, went and I played my song and got told no and it all happened so fast and they just like they it's like you're like a animal like they because it's like they need to move so fast because it's show business and there's all these people coming into audition so you're going in and out and they're like okay you're done get out like it's like so (laughs) quick and it just happens so fast so 
I mean, kind of. So, I mean, yeah, it's either that or like the best day ever for, for those, the people that get picked to keep going. But like, I think, so yeah, anyway, I got rejected and then like, I was like, okay. So I, and then I walked back out to the car and like immediately just started bawling, like just fell apart, even though I like knew that it would probably, I knew that I would probably get rejected and I was telling myself I didn't care, but then it just still like, there's just something about like that rejection that just really like hurts. And it's like my own stuff. It's like some people can handle that. And I think that's, that's, I fully like, I have so much respect for, um, especially for actors, um, and people like if you've seen like La La Land, um, like those, those scenes where Emma Stone goes in and like auditions and it's just immediately told, thank you, goodbye. And it's like, you're just treated like this. And it's, it's just so crazy to me. Um, but it's also just, I'm just, a, I'm really, I'm an artist. I'm, I'm a sensitive person and, yeah. um, it's still really hard to, to be rejected like that. So, um, I think I just really wanted to tell that story, um, and just really show, show that, um, and hopefully like speak to other artists, um, who might've had an experience like that, that can like just feel that and like kind of um, let it be something for them to, I don't know, either be inspired by or just, I don't know, be cathartic for them. Um, and just the kind of resolution in the video, I guess, in the music video is to kind of try to get past it and continue to be yourself and continue to be authentic and um, try to, you know, keep doing you um so i think that's kind of what i tried to uh illustrate in the video did you get any solace after the music video were you like more at peace with your experience because i know that experience for you like really hurts you and like you're very upset that it happened Mm. yeah um i i mean i do i feel i feel very um I guess I I I feel very vulnerable and very open um because this video is is very vulnerable and um so I I feel like something's kind of like opened up uh-huh. um but I also feel um but it also feels really good to kind of let let it go. So yeah, I guess it kind of feels like I've let something go in a way. Mm-hmm. Now and then, have you heard any feedback? The reception that your music video is out, and then also um, for your song because I actually love the song. Oh, thanks. Um, I haven't really gotten. I mean, yes, I've gotten a ton of. Um, I've gotten a ton of great feedback on Facebook um, because I think it reached a lot of my especially a lot of my musician friends. Um, and I think a lot of people have shared it that I don't know on Facebook. So that makes me feel pretty good because I, I'm just hoping that it's like inspiring some people and speaking to some people and that the song is also doing the same. Um, and yeah, I think it's, it's gotten a good response um, in that sense. On I And then on YouTube, I think, um, it's, I'd love it to have more views. Um, and I, I think the best, the best I can hope for is just to keep 
getting people to share it and I'll, I'll, and for myself, obviously to keep sharing it. Um, and, um, I've also been, the song was also, um, on, uh, this, this other podcast, um, which am I allowed to say a bad word? Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> okay. Um, the, the, uh, the podcast guys we fucked, which is like, I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's, it's called no. guys we fucked. It's an, it's called, it's an anti slut shaming podcast. Got um, it. And it's been around for several years. It's these two women, Christina and Corinne, and they've got like hundreds, I think hundreds of thousands of listeners. Like it's a huge podcast. Um, they recently moved though from, um, from being available on like the podcast app and like Spotify, they moved to Luminary, uh-huh. Um, which is, which is another app where you have to pay like a subscription. So I think they still have a ton of listeners though. So, um, but anyway, my point is that my song KO, um, they, they put it on their playlist or on their podcast episode last, uh, on Friday actually. Got so, it. um, hopefully that'll get more people to listen because I've actually been put on their podcast two other times. So, uh-huh. There's two other songs, Just a Little More and Past Noon. Both of those songs were put on uh, other episodes of their podcast. And I think that's why, I don't know if that's fully why, but Just a Little More has like the most listens. And I think a lot of that is because of that podcast um, because they had so many listeners. So that's a good win for KO that it got put on that. But um yeah, I'd love for more people to listen. I'm gonna just keep pushing it. So, <laughs> so let's just wrap things up. Can you tell the listeners how to um, get your music and how to reach out to you and follow you? Yeah, new move. Yeah, so um, follow, uh, you can find me everywhere. Just Elisa Sun. It's spelled E L L I S A S U N, and um, that's on Spotify. Pandora, iTunes, Apple Music, all that stuff. Um, and my handles on like Instagram and, and Facebook and Twitter are all just Elisa Sun Music, one word. Um, and then you can just follow me on there. And then my uh, actual website is just elisasun.com. Thank you very much. Okay. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. And that's going to be it for episode seven. Send questions, comments, and episode ideas our way to goldengreat at collaboration.org with the K. Golden Great producers are Ray Wong and Michelle Abiera, and our executive producer is Josh Cope. Our fabulous theme song was composed by Robert Gu. Please like, favorite, and rate us. We'll catch you next time. Stay, Stay golden. golden.